But are we ready for what God has for us this year as individuals? And that's my dream for us as a church, that we as individuals say, God, I'm ready. Now, I don't know what that means. And that's a really scary thing, right? Like, will you do this? And we just say yes. And we don't know what that means yet. But are we ready to do this? Yeah. Again, we don't know what this is. But do we believe that God, I mean, here's my prayer. Could you imagine if God used each of you to lead someone to Christ this year? Each one of us. That God would say, I want to show you that you're loved right now. Don't miss that. You were dead and now you're alive, that you are loved. But beyond that, that God wants to use you then to be a conduit of grace to show someone else that same love. Because you're not better than they You're a a sinner saved by grace. You're a beggar that's found food. You were dead and now you're alive. So I wanted you to hear from the staff. We have an incredible staff. Everyone said? Yeah. So thank you, staff guys and gals. Take a seat. But as we wrap up story time this morning, I want us to understand specifically our unique focus and our goal as a church. Now, I say unique, but it really just comes from Acts 2. It shouldn't be very unique. We're sitting at that leadership life group, future elder retreat up in Tahoe back in September. And one of our leaders, we won't say any names, Eric Moser, um, got really frustrated. And, and he was like sitting there going, because what's our passion as a church? It's our cubed. It's that we want to make much of God. We make much of all sorts of things in America, right? Our kids, our cars, our homes, our sports teams. Remember, it's baseball preseason, football season's over. Um, go Packers, right? We make much of all sorts of things. We as a church want to make much of God, nothing else. That's it. We want to bring him glory. We want to invest in relationships. We want you to grow. We want you to know God and grow in your relationship with God. And then we want you to be the living proof of loving God, to engage with those yet to believe. Now we say this is a unique focus and goal. And this is what came out of our leadership retreat. Eric's frustrated. This shouldn't be unique. It's in Acts chapter two. Every church should do this. But not every church does. And we're not picking on churches. We love churches. But we want to be the church, not just talk about it. And I think it's a unique focus and goal only because I think we need to do it better. All three, not either or. We want to help people read the Bible. As sad as this is, I've worked with lots of pastors. That's not the focus at a lot of churches. We're committed to that here to being that and to living that out. So that's our unique focus and goal for this year. But guess what? That's not unique to this year or last year. I don't want to, you know, discourage you from coming to church next year when we do this, but it'll be the unique focus next year. It will always be this. This doesn't change ever. Now, what is unique is kind of the season of a life that we're in as a church. My daughter, Peyton, was born in October last year, 2013, so she's kind of growing with the church, literally, right? She was born. We had our first preview service then in November. And now she's walking and she's running at times and she's saying things like glory be to God and she's reciting scripture. And so we've seen this little girl grow and her life kind of change in these last 14 months. Well, that's true for us as a church. We're 10 months old. Have we seen the church change over the last 10 months? Yeah. Yeah. In some really cool ways, but most 10 months old, we would never give keys and say, here, go drive your own car, right? 
So we're in this unique phase of church. I got to, to read an article from Tim Keller. He's one of the few guys that's alive that I read today. I read a lot of dead guys. I read a lot of the Bible. But Tim Keller wrote an article, and he would say, Drew, Vintage Grace is in a very unique phase. You went from a home church of less than 40 people of our launch team to a small church. Now, in America, we get confused as to what small churches mean. But the average church in America is 75 to 99 people. So we went for, to a small church. And right now, we're what we would call a medium-sized church. And that's a unique season to talk about growing pains in 10 months to kind of go through that. But God's going to continue to grow us as a church. We want to grow deep, deep and wide. It's not either or. We will never compromise going deep and understanding who God is because that's our focus. Giving him glory, growing in our OST. So as we do that, we do want to identify we're in a unique season. And God might do things in this next season, in this next year, that will help us grow in this next season. Now, here's three things that we're going to be praying about as a church. I'd like to encourage you to pray with me. Because as we're in this unique season as a 10-month-old church, we're praying about space. Now, you know me and my S's and my alliteration. I got three S's for you. We're in a unique space. Not the average church in America meets in a gym or multi-purpose room. Do we like our space? Yeah, everyone said amen. Cool, that was my only objective for this morning, was that we understood we liked our space. No, no. For me, it's, it's a unique space. It requires setup and tear down. Here's why. Why does Drew like our space? It's cheap. It's cheap. God's given us this space. We don't waste money on a mortgage. We don't waste money. And, and we, if we don't waste money, what can we do with money? We can save. We can invest. We can do ministry. So I love our space, if nothing else, because we can be strategic. But as our space grows, we want it to be as nice as it possibly can be. We know that setup and teardown is hard. I'm not diminishing that at all. But we love setup, teardown, because of community and because we can be strategic and wise with the resource that God's entrusted with as a church. At some point, my prayers in the next year, we go to two services. We tried that at Christmas Eve. 370 people were at Christmas Eve this last, this last season. It was incredible. And, and we took this, this gamble. We said, all right, we're going to try two services. It was a way for us to preview, just to try it. What's it like? What's the turnaround like? We'll do that again this year. We'll try out two services again. So people will have some more space. You know, the front rows are always empty. But as we continue to grow, we pray that, that there's not enough space. So we'll try services. Staffing, part of being strategic with money is we're saying, we've got an incredible staff, but how do we empower our staff? Kyle, I don't want to like trick anybody here, but Kyle's never been a kid's pastor before. He loves kids, but that, that's not his gift mix necessarily. He's a great dad, but he, he's not led kids. So he's worked with all of you volunteers to build an incredible kids team. And how do we do that well? And how do we be strategic? Because right now I'm our janitor, I'm our plumber. And how do we do that well? Because I'm incompetent. So when there's a problem at the office, I call Dave Almas or whatever it might be. But this is a unique season for us. And over the next year or two years, we're going to see what God has for us. I encourage you to pray for us. Say, God, what are you doing? Because here's what I believe. God's doing more than we can possibly imagine. If you would have told me January 4th, 2015, that this word would be, I wouldn't have believed you. We would see people come to faith, people treasure Christ. I would have said, yeah, maybe one person. But to see lives transformed and to see lives change, this is our unique focus, but this is our unique season. And then finally, I want to encourage you to pull out your calendars. Pull them out right now. This wasn't like a, a, an idea, which is probably on your phone. But I want to highlight a couple things that are coming this year, which I think is a unique opportunity for us for joy. Everything at Vintage Grace. What's our number one value as a church? Anyone know? More joy in Jesus than anything or anyone else. 
I grew up getting shitted on in church. You should do this. You should do this. And Jesus was on one end of the spectrum and joy was on the other. And I missed it all together. But scripture is full of the joy that is in Jesus. The psalmist writes, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Like Jesus is joy. See, we try to discourage people to stuff their joy to not find it. No, no, no. I want you to pursue your joy. Just don't settle for less. Don't settle for the white picket fence and the three and a half kids and whatever it might be. That's not joy. I've got friends that can't have kids and they're finding joy in Jesus. I've got friends that are losing their house, but they have joy in Jesus that no house or kids or family can buy because Matthew 13 says it clearly. Jesus tells this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, he covered up. And then in his what? In his joy, he goes home and he sells how much? Everything. I want to be a part of a church in 2015 that believes this. And here's the gift that I have as a pastor. I know in 2014, that's what I got to be a part of. I had to be part of people that said, I would sell everything. Now, God hasn't asked many of us to sell everything yet. But if he did, that, that, wouldn't it be a big deal? I'd be getting Jesus. And the man sells it all. So it's all about joy. So as you look at your calendars, I want to highlight some things that I am convinced will be opportunities for more joy. Do you want to be happier in 2015 than you were in 14? You guys read that book, 10% Happier? No? Don't waste your time. It's not that good of a read. It's all in the Bible. But it sells because people want to be happy. I want you to be happier this year. January and February, we're going to start back in, starting next week, we're going to dive back into Ephesians. Again, this is a different Sunday than than normal. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is going to talk a lot about strengths and how God has gifted us. And he's given us these unique strengths. In fact, we'll get to 416, and he's going to say this, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, which is all equipped. And when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You're a part of the body of Christ at Vintage Grace. The question is, how are you working properly? So in a couple of weeks, we're going to buy all of you an access code to log into Strength Finders. Anyone here ever heard of Strength Finders? Okay, if you have it, don't use the code. Don't waste the church's money. But if you haven't before, worked out a special deal with with Strength Finders where they're going to give us a code, and we're going to ask you to log on, and you're going to take this this kind of survey, and it's going to give you some results that are going to say, here are your top five strengths. Because God has gifted you. Do you know how gifted you are? See, most of us are so insecure, we don't know. We're arrogant, and then we have, like, false security, or we're just insecure. God has gifted you. You are incredible. Have you heard that lately? You're incredible because you're a creation of God. And God's giving you the strengths and these gifts, so we want you as a church to figure that out. So we're going to invest specifically in what are our strengths. We're going to ask you to go online and to fill this out so you know your strengths. And you'll get a packet for how you can grow in those strengths. And so that in Ephesians 4, we as a church can be strategic to say, how has God wired us as a church to make a difference for his glory here in this community? Does that sound fun? It's an opportunity for your joy this year that I don't want you to miss that we'll we'll start in a couple of weeks. Also, January 13th, it's a great day. It's my son's birthday. So January 13th, we're going to kick off something special. Nothing to do with Brayden, but everything to do with our our February 22nd party that's coming up. And we're going to do 40 days of prayer. I want to encourage you for 40 days to sign up and to get text messages from our team. We have a team of people that have been praying about how can we be prayerful people. I am convinced no movement of God happens apart from prayer. That we come before God. That leadership and that leading begins with praying. 
So Kyle will share about this next week because next week we're going to launch 40 days of prayer that our prayer team's been working on and saying, how do we do this well as we get ready for our one-year anniversary and party? Because we want to party at Vintage Grace. I don't care if it's breakfast burritos or bounce houses. We want to party. So circle that date on your calendar. Don't miss it. And start praying now, who am I bringing with me on the 22nd? Because in Luke 15, Jesus tells these three parables of things that were lost. And every time the thing that's lost, the lost sheep, the shepherd finds. And what does the shepherd do? He parties. When the woman loses the coin, gentlemen, don't push this too far. When the woman loses the coin or the keys or the purse or whatever she loses, and then she finds the coin, what does she do? She parties. She calls her neighbors. She says, let's party because this was lost and now it's found. And when the sons, plural, are lost and the younger son comes back, what does the dad do after praying and watching for all that time? He throws a party. If you're a party planner, let me know because we're in the process of planning for the 22nd. It will be the best day that Vintage Grace has ever had. There's going to be testimonies, baptisms, stories, and parties. We're going to get a disco ball. Okay, I didn't know that until I just said it, but I'm going to pray that was the Holy Spirit. I need a disco ball. February 22nd, I want it to be the biggest party because we're celebrating what God has done. We will have prayed for these 40 days to get ready. And my prayer is we're going to try to just do one service. We'll have to be creative. How do we do that? Because my prayer is that it's going to be packed, that everyone's going to be here, that people from Indiana are going to fly out just because they don't want to miss the party of what God is doing in and through Vintage Grace. March, in March, we'll finally get to Ephesians chapter five. We're flying. It takes us two months to do a chapter at Vintage Grace. So in March, we'll get to Ephesians chapter five. In Ephesians five, Paul talks about what's our role as individuals. Before we've learned all of our strengths, How has God wired us to be intentional, to be living on purpose? Then in chapter five, we're going to say, so what's our role as a church to be the living proof of loving God? It comes right after our one year party where Jesus says this, your role is to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world to shine brightly. When we do events at Vintage Grace, it's never random. It's never because we want people to come to our churches because we want people to see our God. That's what it's about. Because they're going to see our good works and the living proof of a loving God and then give glory to our Father. That's what we're doing in Ephesians 5. Building on our gifts, building on what God's done for us, and then launching into actually doing certain things. Some of you guys know one of our ministry partners is Casa. Am I going too fast? I can't slow down. We're running out of time. Casa, one of our ministry partners. Some of you guys know Brian Ivey. He's a buddy of mine that, that Jen and I get a chance to mentor them as a couple. He's a movie director. Have you heard of the Dropbox? He shared here last April. We're going to bring him back up. The movie's coming out. And Ephesians chapter five, we see this text of essentially saying, you live like Jesus. You are Jesus with skin on in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, because you were dead and now you're alive because you were an orphan and now you're adopted is what Ephesians chapter five is going to say. So we're going to rent out a theater down at Eldorado Hills at Regal Theater, and we're going to do a free movie. We're going to rent out a theater for the Dropbox. It comes out that first week of March. We're going to have Brian share a little bit, and we're going to encourage you to bring all your friends. I want to sell out the theater because it's free because we're paying for it. We're going to do a special, not an offering, but just opportunity to donate money towards Casa and towards the Dropbox, towards this ministry. Dropbox is a a story of this pastor that opened up his home because he got tired of seeing kids thrown in dumpsters because they weren't wanted. That's happening in the world we live in. And Jesus says, I put you in the world to be the living proof, to make a difference. So we're going to do that in March, an opportunity for us. And and in chapter five, look at our family, our work, our relationships, our marriages. How has God called us to be a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows? Because that's who God is in his holy dwelling place. Well, chapter three in Ephesians, who is God's holy dwelling place today? We are. 
You are. God called you from death to life to live this out loud. And then April, oh my gosh, Easter is my favorite Sunday. I love Easter. Christmas is fun, don't misunderstand me, but it's birthday. You know what I love about Easter is resurrection day. That's what changes everything. And in Easter, we're gonna celebrate. We probably won't have a disco ball, but we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna do five ways in five days, encouraging you guys to invest in the community right here. Who has God put in your life that you've been praying for to say, God, use me, sinner saved by grace, to help impact people's lives. And Easter's coming on four or five. And then in May, chapter six, gear up. How do we do this well? Building off of even our, our process in Ephesians five and marriages, we're gonna do a, a couple checkup. We're gonna do a big date night. We'll provide childcare and a big date night. We're gonna give you guys access codes to log in and do an online assessment for your marriages and say, anyone here need a healthier marriage? Or is it just me? We all need to grow. Everyone in the back raise their hand because no one can see them. Everyone in the front's like, I'm not raising my hand. I don't... Let me encourage you, you want to grow in your marriage. So how do we do that well? How do we do a couple check-up and say, let's get better? Because this is the first joyful community of faith that God's given us. If you're not married, I encourage you, you too will want a better marriage someday. So how do you get ready for that? How do you prepare for that if that's what God has for you? And if not, how do you be the person that God has called you to be? And that's what we're looking at in May. So these are unique opportunities for joy that are coming over the next few months. Only thing unique is that we're going to continue to be intentional about focusing on who Jesus is. So what might help you? What are some action steps for you for this year? Three things I would encourage you that might help you this year experience more joy in OST. First one is grow. I want to encourage you. Are you faithfully engaged in a life group? The word engaged is on purpose. You might be even be going to a life group, but are you engaged? Do you understand your role that you go sometimes, not even just for your benefit, but for Eric Van Soltz? someone else might need you at your life group, that you have a role that you might not be the leader of your group, but you might be leading someone in your group that you don't even know. So engage in your life group, plug in, serve faithfully, even within that group. Are you investing your time in yours and others ongoing spiritual transformation? And I get that it's an investment. I get that you're, I'm going to block out Tuesday nights or Thursday nights or Wednesday nights, but I encourage you if you're not in one, get in one. And if you are in one, engage. The second one I want to encourage you for 2015 that might help is to serve. Are you serving somewhere around here? Most of you are serving multiple places around here. Thank you. I think everyone around here at Vintage Grace is serving, but where are you serving? Have you created space in your schedule to be a part of what God is doing? Have you said no to that extra soccer team or that extra thing that you're doing and said, no, I'm going to create space because I want to grow. Not because you should, but because there's an opportunity for joy to serve well. And I want to encourage you. I'd love to have the most connect cards ever turned in this week, not just because of guests being here, but look at your connect card and just say, I'm interested in one of these areas. Where might you be interested? Maybe it's going to be in chapter four. You're going to realize, wow, I really hate kids. Don't serve in kids' ministry, please. At least not my kids' classrooms. But serve out of your strengths, how God has wired you and where you'll find joy. So take a chance to do that. And then finally, are you being generous? Are you giving? Are you trusting God? Here's what's been really fun for us as a church. This first year, people outside of Vintage Grace were extremely generous to us. That's what allowed us to rent our space and to support our staff. And this year, we're going to slowly start to take some of those things back on as a church. But here's something that never will change for us as a church. We want to be generous, individually and corporately. We want to be people that are marked by our generosity. We want to trust God with his resources and experience his provision this year. So those are three things I want you to think about for this year. Am am I plugged in? Am I growing? 
Am I serving and am I giving? Am I saying, God, my life is yours. Take my life. It's all of yours. Let it be a sweet offering to you. And then finally, I want to encourage you. If you have not set your alarm yet, set your alarm and start your pray watch list. Start saying, God, who have you put in my life? Who could I be praying for and watching for opportunities, not just simply to, to, not to evangelize, but just to be intentional and to serve. And if you need a pray watch card, there's some available in the back. You can pick one up. Mine's just on my phone. It's just people that I meet. Some of them have names. Some of them don't have names. Some of them are barista that's really tall. That's one person on my list. She works in Folsom. She's a barista and she's tall. So I pray for her. Say, God bless her. Engage with her. Make, sh- make her know that she's loved by you today. And that's probably the thing that I'm most excited about that I've seen this last year. I see all of your guys' pray watch lists start to overlap. It's not about you. It's about God. And God's going to use all of you at different times. God's going to use Lindell as he runs into the guy at the monster shop. And he's going to use me as we connect together because he's actually my neighbor. And God starts to build this joyful community of faith and our lives start to overlap. So be praying and watching at three o'clock. Here's the verse I want to leave you with this morning. Second Timothy chapter two, two Paul's writing a letter and trust me, some point of vintage grace will teach a letter that Paul didn't write. But for now, you might think Paul's the only author in scripture between Philippians and Ephesians. Paul's writing this letter and he says this in chapter two to, to his disciple, to Timothy. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. And I want to entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I'm teaching you, Timothy, so that you then would teach faithful men and so that they then would teach others. See, often I think in the church, we think of how do we grow the church? How do we add to the church? So we think of a plus sign. The reality is my prayer for Vintage Grace is not that we add anybody to the church. Does this look like addition? What does it look like that Paul and Timothy are doing? They're multiplying. I'm sorry, you get a Starbucks card. It's not about addition. It's God saying, you, Paul, entrust Timothy, who entrusts faithful men, who entrust others, and those others go and invest in other people. This morning, I need you to hear me say, for vintage grace to grow and for you to experience more joy, because growing to me is not about getting bigger. That's not what I mean. That'll happen inevitably. It's about growing deeper in in love with Jesus. But for that to happen, you need to understand that you are Paul and Timothy. And you're like, no, Drew, I'm not a senior pastor. I'm not a pastor. It's okay. You're a leader. You're an influencer. You're a child of God. You're a sinner who's been saved by grace. And God has put people in your life to invest in. And maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your neighbor. You've heard all of us as a staff say, one way we've grown in 14 is we live on purpose. We live missionally. Don't miss that joy this year in your life. Now, where did Paul and Timothy start? They started at the cross. They started saying, God, if I'm going to grow in my faith, if I'm going to be used by you, I want more of you. So they started with Jesus. They started with the example of Jesus, the service of Jesus. So today, as we sing this song, I want to give you some time to come and start with Jesus. If you treasure Christ, we celebrate communion around Vintage Grace fairly often, and we love it because it's how everything happens in this world. The body of Christ. Jesus came And he says, I came to give you life and to give you life abundant. And it starts with us recognizing our need for him. So Jesus on the night which he was betrayed said, take this body. I'm dying for you. I'm going to break it for you so that you would have life and have life in abundance. So today, as we finish our first service of 2015, I want to open up the banqueting table. We have two stations up front and one in the back. 
So whatever is easier for you as you walk around, but take some time simply to say that Christ is more than enough, that he's everything. So as you start 2015, don't miss what everything is based off of, his love for you. No greater love than this than a man lay down his life for another. So if you treasure Christ, I want to invite you this morning to come and take. We're going to be singing, come and partake, and I'll close us out in prayer in a couple minutes. But Father God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the fact that you gave us your life. Thank you for the fact that you call us to not settle for less, but that you want us to find true joy, and that's rooted in understanding your sacrifice your gift of life, your gift of love that we get to receive and then give to others. So we want to thank you this morning in 2015. We want to thank you for 14. We want to thank you for this year because you're going to do more than we can possibly imagine. And it starts with a gift of your life. As you feel led, come forward and take a moment. Thank God. Take the bread. Dip into the juice, which is symbolic of his blood. And thank you for the cross, Jesus. Take as you feel that. And you've given us the breath in our lungs, not just to waste, not to scream and to make noise about stuff that doesn't matter, but to point people towards you. So help us as a church, corporately and as individuals, to believe that more in 2015 than we did in 2014. Church, I just want to share with you, maybe 2014 was hard. Maybe 15 is going to be even harder. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's before us. But here's my promise to you, church. Christ will always be more than enough. His glory will always be better than whatever you're pursuing. Relationship with him is the only thing that matters, which is why Paul says, man, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Nothing you can take from me will affect my eternity. And if you don't believe that today, My prayer for you is simply this, that the power of the Holy Spirit would fill you in such a way that you know that you are loved, not because of what you've done, but because of what he did on the cross and that he is more than enough. Question number three for this morning, what am I most looking forward to this year at Vintage Grace? What I'm most looking forward to as an individual is this, that I don't want to give anyone an excuse that they haven't seen God this year in this region because they've seen him in and through us as a church. How cool would that be? I don't want to see addition to the body of Christ. I want to see multiplication. I want to see God who's entrusted you with the gospel live out the gospel so that everyone here has seen it in you. We ready for this year, church? We believe Christ is more than enough. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. And everybody said... Amen. What's not more than enough is that we don't have a teardown team this morning. So if you'd find joy, only if you'd find joy, take a chair, fold it, roll a carpet. We'll see you guys next week when we kick off Ephesians chapter four.